Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Discover North Korea. This is episode 19 and I am Zoe from Zoe Discovers. Thanks again as always for coming back to the podcast. I know I say it every time but I really mean it every time. Um, Thank you for coming back. If you have any questions, if you have any worries, any guest recommendations, any comments, any reviews, good or bad, then do feel free to email me on zoediscovers at gmail.com or contact me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter on zoediscoversnk or zoediscovers. You can also find me on TikTok, but I don't really um, reply to comments there, so it's not the best place to try and contact me. And of course, you can find me on my YouTube channel on the handle at Zoe Discovers, where I have been updating recently some exciting uh, vlogs about the North Korean border. I recently, um, if you've been listening um, up until now to all the episodes, you will know that I recently went back to China and um, of course, I kind of made my trip North Korean themed. So if you haven't checked out those already. Um, I had a lot of fun and there is also a lot of more videos coming. I'm not sure exactly which date this podcast will come out, just off the top of my head. Um, but uh, by that time there should be at least two videos out on my trip in China that includes a tour up to the North Korean border and I do have a couple more up my sleeve as well which I hope that you will all enjoy. Now, since it has kind of been um, travel and uh, tourism themed recently, um, you know, I did take everyone up on this podcast to the North Korean border as well. And I've chatted a little bit recently um, with Greg about getting the um, local train up. I'm trying to kind of keep things travel themed. And so sticking with this theme, today we're going to cover one of North Korea's most popular holiday retreats for the local North Koreans and for 
Taurus alike, um, that might just be getting more and more popular as domestic tourism increases. This place is, of course, Wonsan, the seaside resort area famous for its new Kalma Resort, which you may have heard about in the news, seafood, and North Korea's only other international airport. So, without further ado, let's get into it. This one's going to be quite a long one. I don't know how in-depth I can get into it. Just know that I won't be able to cover everything about one sun in one episode, but I will try and go over the main things and hopefully not miss out anything too important. So, let's start with a brief introduction and a little bit of a background on Wonsan. So, Wonsan is a seaport on the east coast of North Korea. It takes about four hours to drive from Pyongyang between, yeah, I guess between maybe two and four, um, and it serves as the provincial capital of Kangwon province. So Kangwon province is also home to areas like the Kungangsan mountain region, Kaesong, um, which is the bordering city to South Korea. So it's south, southeast, um, and if you look at Pyongyang on a map, um, it's basically further down towards the South Korean border from there. The government has focused investment on leisure facilities in the city over recent years, um, making use of the fact that it's a pretty favourable location um, in basically the mountains, um, in between the mountains and and on the sea, and not too far from Pyongyang. Um, It's kind of long been a favoured tourist destination among the locals, but it's begun to open up more to foreign tourism within the recent years and uh, the government are kind of harnessing this popularity of local tourism and really vamping it up for the past 10 years. It's one of those places that's, you know, for foreign tourists, we visited on a long tour. Um, Maybe something like seven days to a week tour or something shorter like maybe a five-day tour we might do a trip to Wonsan. You do need an overnight stay there because it is you know it's not just a, a little a little trip outside of the city um, it's quite the drive and quite the bumpy drive so you do need to spend at least one night there. You can spend a couple of nights or you can spend it on your way going somewhere else on the east coast maybe you want to pay a visit to Kumgangsan as well. You can spend um, one night in each of those. According to Wiki Travel, and I quote, it is an area rarely visited by foreign tourists. Uh, well, <laughs> this is pretty relative. North Korea as a whole is rarely visited by tourists, but in the grand scheme of things, it's certainly not one of the places rarely visited by tourists in North Korea. It's actually a pretty normal place to visit. There are definitely a few rarer places that I can think of to visit in North Korea. It's by no means um, a, a, you know, a super rare area, to be honest. But I guess the wiki travel hasn't been updated any time recently since it also said, and again I quote, there is a ferry from Wonsan to Niigata in Japan called the Mangyongbong 92 that sails 20 to 30 times a year. It is generally restri- restricted to Japanese nationals with a currently family connection to North Korea. That crossing takes about 28 hours, end quote. So the start of that uh, is entirely incorrect now, uh, but you know, it goes on to say some things that um, are or were very true. There was indeed a ferry from Wonsan that went to Japan, and it is indeed called the Mangyongbong 92, and it did definitely used to sail 20 to 30 times a year. 
that uh, has not been permitted um, for a long time though um, and we will get onto that as we get further into Wonsan. Um, to give you an idea of the city size though, just as we do this overview, the population of the city was estimated in 2013 to be just over 300,000. So not a terribly big city, um, but you know, still not, uh, it's not a small village or rural area. The region in general has long been famous domestically as a holiday destination, um, and this is basically because of the um, Songdo-won beach and the crystal clear water that you'll find there. It's a really, really nice beach. The pine forest surrounding as well. Um, and um, it's kind of been designated as a national sightseeing point. It's also the gateway to the Mount Kumgang region, which is an area internationally renowned for its beauty. Um, there used to be um, a scheme where South Korean people could go into the Kumgangsan region of North Korea. Unfortunately, that scheme is not anymore, but it is, um, it's an incredibly, incredibly beautiful area. And I am not just saying that in terms of it's very pretty for North Korea, but, you know, I've traveled to about 50 countries and there are a few landscapes that I still remember very clearly in my mind. And the Mount Kumgang region and also the Chilbosan region in the northeast, they are two landscapes that still really stick with me. It's genuinely gorgeous um, and, um, and deserves its kind of international fame, although... It, you know, not many people actually do know about it. Um, I do have a good few posts and stuff on my Instagram. Basically, any of the mountains that you see will probably be either Kumgangsan or Chilbosan. It's a gorgeous area. Look it up on Google for some visuals whilst I am chatting away. In 2014, uh, it was announced that a 400 square kilometer region had been designated as part of a new Wonsan special tourist zone. Since 2014, there have then been multiple projects underway, which are still going on through to today. This includes the ski resort. I've talked about that before, the uh, Masik Ryong Ski Resort. I actually have a whole YouTube video on that, just a little 10-minute one. Um, maybe I'll do an entire podcast on it if you guys are interested. So the ski resort was built as part of this, and then also a hot spa was built, and of course the Karma Resort, which has been getting the attention of a lot of media and international media, and we will get onto that at the end. Is it open? Can you visit it? All of that stuff. And for my international audience, listen up, because Wonsan is actually a sister city to three cities in three different countries. The first one, Sakai Minato, Totori in Japan, and it has been a sister city since 1992, and that ended, I think, in 2006. We then have Puebla in Mexico, and finally Vladivostok in Russia. Maybe if you're from any of these places, you have an extra reason to visit. So if you do fancy a beach holiday in North Korea, how on earth are you going to get there? Well, firstly, you're going to have to get yourself to North Korea. Um, after you do that, which is arguably the most important and difficult step, it's just a case of travelling either by road, ship, kinda, uh, or air. Again, kinda. The road is um, the most popular way to get there by far, just driving. 
uh, Wonsan serves as a terminus of the Pyongyang Wonsan Tourist Motorway and the Wonsan Kumgangsan Highway. This is pretty much the only way that you are, in, real in realistic terms, going to get to Wonsan. You could also get the ship um, via the Mangyongbong Ferry uh, to Wonsan, but this service was cancelled in 2006. Like I said before, the Wonsan uh, to Niigata in Japan, it was cancelled in 2006 when Japan banned North Korean ships. Wonsan is also home to North Korea's second international airport, Kalma Airport. This was originally just a military and domestic airport, but was then opened as an international one. But it's not quite as fully operational as, let's say, Pyongyang. Nevertheless, fun fact, Wonsan was home to North Korea's first public air show, the Wonsan International Friendship Air Festival, in September 2016. And I do speak to Greg on the podcast in episode 17 about how he used this airport in Kalma Airport. And also, I definitely don't think that I'm wrong in saying that in the Michael Palin documentary, Michael Palin in North Korea, that Koryo Tours um, helped to um, facilitate, he also took a flight from Kalma Airport in Wonsan. And it's a really incredible airport, actually. It looks like it's very, very fancy on the inside. There's some advertisements for different fizzy drinks and stuff like that. Looks pretty fancy. Um, if you haven't seen this Michael Palin documentary, it's a very nice, accessible, easy documentary. I understand that my American um, audience may not know who Michael Palin is. He is the actor from Monty Python. And now, if you've never heard of Monty Python, then do head over to YouTube and see some clips of Monty Python for some very typical British humour. Um, it's very old but uh, completely classic and Michael Palin is a very famous actor in these in this kind of series and he came he's also a very famous traveler um, he's he's actually r rather famous in the UK I don't know anyone who doesn't know Michael Palin um, and um, and Koryotos helped to facilitate his trip into North Korea where he made a documentary it's uh, it's actually a really really nice documentary I have to say so um, do give that a watch if you haven't already. So it is uh, generally, it's pretty clear that a lot of resources have been fed into Wonsan to help it become North Korea's second main tourist destination for both domestic and foreign tourism after Pyongyang. So why, you know, what can you kind of do in Wonsan? Well, we've covered the fact that it has a really nice beach and, you know, the environment is just really nice. But let's have a look at what you can actually do there. To be honest, you probably don't need to spend more than a day or two in Wonsan as a foreign tourist unless you, you know, want to spend like a day at the beach or, uh, I don't know, a day skiing or a day at the hot spa. Um, because you can kind of pack in all of the main necessary sites and to be honest that's usually what we do on a tour we spend about a day there um, or a day and a half not including um, you know if you're going on a on a skiing trip or something like that first up we have Wonsan city center this city center is located just a short 10 minute walk from the Dongyong hotel and other hotels in Wonsan uh, we'll get on to the hotels and where you can stay in Wonsan shortly. It's right on North Korea's east coast, so the city centre is literally just right on the sea, um, giving a great view of the sea as well. 
You can also see the statues of the leaders, and you can see the local North Koreans just going about their daily life. One time I went there on a national holiday. It wasn't a massive national holiday, it was just a random national holiday for, I think, elderly people or something. Um, and, um, and many people were kind of hosting games and um, playing volleyball and stuff like that in the park, which is located just at the city centre. It was a really nice experience to just kind of walk around this area whilst the North Koreans were just enjoying their time off. Um, and we got to enjoy playing games with them and interacting with them and dancing with them. And it was just one of those, like, you know, by by the time we'd been in North Korea, we'd actually, this was a long tour. We were there for about four weeks. And by this time, we'd already been there for about two weeks. And so whilst if it, that had been like our first day in North Korea, some people may have been like, oh, is this already set up for us? It was already obvious that like, you know, this wasn't set up for us. Um, I think we were, we were, we'd changed the itinerary anyway, so we were there like a day later, and, um, you know, it was, everyone was just kind of enjoying things, um, and knowing that, you know, they weren't the centre of everything, it was just the Koreans enjoying their time, and we happened to just be there at the right time. I'd never been to Wonsan when something like that was happening, um, usually you just kind of see the statues in the city centre, have a look at the sea, and that's it, but we ended up spending like an hour or two extra there just kind of hanging out. It's very nice. This park is also located right next to um, the Mangyongbong 92 ship, which we are going to finally get onto now. So what is this Mangyongbong 92 and why is it called 92? Well, this ship used to sail between North Korea, Wonsan, and Japan, Niigata, and it's now docked in Wonsan City. It was launched in 1992, there you go, that's the 92 number, um, and it is North Korea's large size cargo passenger ship. It was built in Hamhung, and uh, that is North Korea's second largest city, and funded by Chongryon. Now these are the, you know, pro-DPRK Japanese Citizens Association. Um, there are, you know, thousands of them still living in Japan, and they generally maintain good relations with the DPRK. It sailed between North Korea and Japan, moving people, cargo, and vehicles. In 2006, um, in response to a series of missile launches by North Korea, unfortunately, the Mangyongbong 92 was permanently banned from Japanese waters and has undertaken limited services since then. But, fun fact, the last time it sailed was in 2018, when the Mangyongbong 92 was used to transport 150 members of the North Korean delegation for the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics in South Korea. It travelled from Wonsan to the South Korean port of Mukho, and this was the first time in 16 years that a North Korean ship had docked in South Korea. It's possible to visit this ship and actually go inside, on board, and take a tour of the ship, or even stop by for dinner and a drink. Actually, you can stay on there as well. There are various levels of accommodation on board. Um, this is kind of yet to be open to foreign tourists. Um, obviously, you know, they have beds on board. Um, it's kind of a hotel as well. Um, and we're kind of working to see if that is possible in the future. Obviously, um, at Corio Tours and we always try and make more things open and, you know, from 30 years working in North Korea, there have been a lot, there's like a lot more that's opened out um, compared to what it used to be. 
it's not, uh, from the last time that I was there, it wasn't available to sleep on the Mangyongbong uh, 92 ship, but let's, um, you know, never say never, let's hope for the future, uh, might be able to stay on there. You'd have to, like, not mind a little bit of seasickness, though. For me, I, get, I feel really seasick when the boat is not moving, but when it's moving, it's fine. You know, I don't like that kind of gentle rocking. Anyway, um, it's nevertheless open to everyone for a tour. You do have to pay on the spot. I think it's like two euros per person to visit. Um, and a tour includes the various levels of accommodation, the ship's facilities, such as its restaurant, bar, shop and sauna, the external decks, uh, lifeboats and all the important um, bridge of the ship as well, where you can um, press lots of buttons. And um, hilariously, actually, I um, we went to visit like the control room and the, you know, where all the buttons are to operate the ship and stuff like that and um and we were messing around and I was messing around with one of the guides and we kind of just forgot that like the boat is actually still functional um and so we were like picking up the phone talking on it um and the guide was like oh my gosh someone just talked back to me on it like it still works <laughs> we are like uh yeah okay let's put it down walk away very swiftly um anyway uh that's just a little anecdote Generally, um, you know, this ship has been birthed in Wonsan for a long time and it seems to be a pretty popular place with locals and seems to always be a hive of activity. If you do want to have drinks and food on the boat, then you will need to order the food in advance. If you want to dine on the boat, you'd have to kind of let them know if you're booking in advance. Um, but if you want drinks at the bar, then you can just uh, head in for drinks at the bar. And obviously that costs extra as well. The Mangyongbong does bob around with the waves and the tides, so do take care when getting on and off the ship. Um, it only has a one single, rather, sm rather small and simple ramp. So I told you before that uh, 1992 is when it was launched, so that's where the 1992, well, that's where the 92 comes from. But the name Mangyongbong in Korean means peak of a thousand views, which was deemed as a very appropriate name for the ship. There was actually the original Mangyongbong ship, and that was built in 1971, also sailed between North Korea and Japan. The original Mangyongbong still survives today, actually, and can be found moored in Rajin Port in Rason, the place in the northeast that I often talk about. Basically, the 92 was added to Mangyongbong 92 to differentiate between these two ships. Next up is the art gallery in Wonsan. So this art gallery has a wide range of North Korean art available for purchase, anything from highly kitchen made for tourists kind of kittens with ball type of art to some very striking and unique pieces. All the art, of course, is in the socialist realism style. Um, you know, abstract art is not permitted in North Korea, but there are also attempts at some form of impressionism at least. There are several different mediums from oil to ink, um, in a style called Choson Hua, all very skilled North Korean artists as well. Um, and you can um, ask at the art gallery for, you know, if you want to buy something from a local artist, then you can always mention that to the art gallery as well, and they will point out which ones um, are from uh, the local artist, and you can pick up something from Wonsan or Kangwon province artists, if you'd like to be doing that. Um, photos are not allowed inside the gallery, and paintings and artworks here are generally cheaper um, than the ones that you might find in Pyongyang. Uh, it's, it's a nice place to kind of stop off at, and it's simple to access since it's only 
five minutes walk from both of the main hotels and also Wonsan city centre. Next up in Wonsan we have a place called the Songdewon International School Children's Camp. Now this is pretty far outside of the city and not simply a place that you can just walk to but well worth a visit and we usually visit every time that we go to um, Wonsan, especially in the summer though because if you visit in winter it can be kind of depressing because no one's there because it is indeed a, um, a summer camp. It's basically a classic socialist style summer camp where Korean and international children um, can and do spend a couple of weeks learning everything, um, including obviously socialist values and teamwork. You can tour the, re the renovated dormitories um, that have been recently renovated, uh, you can tour the on-site aquarium, the birdhouse, gymnasium, uh, football field uh, and so much others. Um, it actually opened in 1960 to help foster relations uh, worldwide by hosting children from overseas um, and then it saw major renovations um, on Kim Jong-un's request um, that were completed in 2014. The maximum capacity uh, that it boasts now is 1,200 children. This place is massive. I don't know um, if I if I said that right at the beginning, but or what you were kind of imagining from this. But you could spend like a couple of hours walking around here, and you would not have seen it all by any means. Different sources kind of vary how much it costs to send your child here, but some sources say that it might be around 300 US dollars per week. There are around 400 international children that go every year, or at least it used to be so, um, and these would be mainly from China, Russia, Nigeria, Mongolia, Mexico, Syria, Tanzania, and Thailand. This is a really large area and it also has its own private beach um, including a water park as well and the whole grounds are very large and the atmosphere is very green it's, it's pretty impressive and just nice to kind of walk around when there's no children there it can be pretty eerie um, and obviously it gives it, it pays into the whole like oh is this just for show um, but believe me I've been there when it has been full and it's kind of, um, it's pretty stressful to walk around there or else it's full because you've got, you know, hundreds of kids screaming everywhere and, um, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very packed and kind of stressful. Um, nevertheless, when you go outside, it's just a really nice area to kind of walk around. Um, and one thing that I really like is that um, as you walk down to the various different areas, um, there are various different signs on the trees or um, in the bushes with different maths and languages puzzles um, and the trees will also have like their names of, of what the kind of plant is and stuff like that. Um, the architecture as well is very modern and very colourful. Um, a lot of this architecture you'll find in kind of post-2012 DPRK, pastel colours, um, fun poppy, lots of curves, stuff like that. Um, I actually do have a lot of pictures of this place in, in um, on my Instagram. Um, the aquarium as well is massive. Uh, there's like a small pool as you first walk in to the right and then when you walk around you'll see the larger fish tanks. Um, and then the most impressive bit is probably the large cylinder tank in the middle of the room. Um, this 
you will then lead, you kind of go into this tank, you kind of go down some stairs into this tank, um, and you'll find uh, turtles and dolphins in this kind of walk-in style aquarium. It's, it's really very big. One of the main events... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Of the camp is the cultural exchange between each nationality of students. So, students will perform something that's culturally relevant from their country. And in exchange, international students will also learn how to perform Korean dances and songs. If you're lucky, you might catch one of these performances or them practicing in one of the um, auditoriums as you are doing your tour. Um, again, sometimes I go there and there is no one in there and it's just this massive eerie hall. And then other times they are doing performances and it's very cool to be able to kind of sit in there for 10 minutes and watch what's going on. But to be honest, one of the coolest things for me about going there is actually seeing um, the kids going from one class to another or going from one place to the other. They move when they walk around, they do do it in marching style and they chant uh, camp songs just like you would do in um, in any summer camp abroad um, but they, they chant like camp songs and they walk in marching style and um, they're we're usually wearing like their red um, you know kind of young pioneer ties and stuff like that. It's um, It's pretty interesting to watch. Again, not quite in the city uh, centre, but Masik Ryong Ski Resort can not be excluded when we are talking about Dasan. This is the largest and only ski resort open to foreigners in North Korea. It was opened in 2013 and is very popular with the locals and foreign tourists alike. It features nine main runs, uh, two beginner slopes, and a ski lodge with full amenities. Actually, the ski lodge is um, is pretty impressive. So the ski season is um, late November to early March in North Korea, but you're best off going there around late January to February um, time. That's the best time to kind of plan your tour, your skiing trip in North Korea. There's also snowmobile and ice skating available on site um, and one of the runs actually goes past the ice skating rink. It's pretty cool. During the rest of the year, it's also an ideal hiking location and the perfect stopover on the way back to the capital, um, to Pyongyang from Wonsan. It stands at the summit of the Tewa Peak, which stands at just over, well, about 1,360 meters, which is 4,460 foot. 
located approximately 20 kilometers outside of Wonsan, so it's not a massive drive. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, it's kind of on the way back to Pyongyang, so it's really nice to kind of separate the, um, the trip back a little bit, and you can go for a wander around here. It's worth it to stop off here, to be honest, in, even in summer, just for a look around the hotel, because it's a really, really nice fancy hotel. Um, and uh, if you have extra time as well, you can also go up the gondola and go to the top of the mountain for some incredible views from that peak. It's a an area of great pride in North Korea. It was constructed in just under 10 months and is part of this whole tourism drive um, from Kim Jong-un in the whole Wonsan region. Um, it was completed in 2014 in January. There's also an on-site ski school, a children's snow park for those that want to learn skiing in North Korea, although you might want to consider learning it elsewhere. The longest piste is 110 meters long and the steepest slope is almost 40 degrees. Um, so that's some statistics for our skiers out there. Staying overnight is definitely the best bet here. Uh, the Masik Ryong Ski Resort Hotel is one of the best in the country. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, the hotel boasts a swimming pool, sauna, massage room, beauty parlor, billiards, restaurant, and an ice skating rink. This as well as dial-up internet connection in some of the rooms, which um, is a real rarity in North Korea has 120 rooms and is made up of two pyramid towers, uh, the tallest one with nine floors. It is a pretty cool hotel. Again, um, in my vlog on Masik Ryong and the ski resort, I do feature the hotel there. The rooms are very fancy. It gives a very kind of European ski resort style and they all have balconies as well so you can look out onto the resort and the architecture of it is just really cool. It looks like two pyramids. Um, yeah, they're very, very nice, and the food here is great, um, and it's it's got a kind of Japan-ski feel to it. It's very um, East Asian ski style. Um, you can bring your own equipment uh, to the ski resort, but um, you can also rent it as well um, if you don't want to cart it all the way there. Obviously, there is an extra charge for this. Snowboarders, you will need to bring your own equipment because there is no snowboarding equipment available there. Visiting the ski resort was actually the last thing I did in North Korea. Um, I was last there mid-January 2020, um, just as... Um, actually, the word corona hadn't even got into... Um, got into my vocabulary yet, apart from the beer, and um, and life was all nice and normal. Remember that, January 2020. Um, and then all of a sudden everything kind of uh, flipped around and um, I got back from my skiing trip. Actually, I was doing a tour in January and then I stayed myself to do the skiing like kind of extension. Um, so I was there by myself. It was really nice just kind of hanging out with the guides, although I did get food poisoning, uh, ruining half of my skiing time there. Nevertheless, it was really good. And then, um, you know, I left North Korea saying to the guides, see you soon. Three years later, uh, still haven't seen them, but never mind. Let's hope the borders open again sometime soon. Sticking along with the theme of outside Wonsan and on the way to Pyongyang, um, there is a lovely waterfall called Ulim Waterfall hidden amongst the mountains en route to Wonsan. This is called Echo Waterfall and is a nice scenic stop uh, along the drive to enjoy a quick dip in the pool beneath. This site was discovered in 1995 by the Korean People's Army during road building efforts. 
It's a 75 meter waterfall and is a truly impressive natural site in North Korea. It's also one of the main, uh, you know, most impressive sites. It's one of those sites that often makes appearances in DPRK media. Um, on stamps, on the TV, and even in the backdrop of some versions of the mass games. Kim Jong-il himself visited Ulin waterfalls in 2001 when he ordered them to be made more accessible. On the cliff face next to the walls is the number 2001 carved, marking the date of this notable visit. It's a nice stop on the way to Masik Ryong Ski Resort, and you can also enjoy a picnic here as well if you combine it with um, being here around lunchtime. Swimming and bathing are officially banned, but locals do it anyway, so um, feel free to have a little bit of a dip or a paddle as well. If you are passing by, there is really no reason not to stop for at least a few minutes, but why not spend an hour or two chilling out around the very, very calm facilities? And also just enjoy a nice walk and to stretch your legs from all of that driving. You'll have to walk at least 10 minutes from the parking area to get to the falls themselves. Next up is the Wonsan Agriculture University. Again, just a little bit outside of uh, Wonsan City, but only 10 minutes to reach by car. You can have a look around this Agriculture University um, campus in Wonsan and take a look at the life of the North Korean student as you look around the grounds. It was established in 1948 and is North Korea's largest agriculture university. Here, students learn about farming, agricultural management economics, veterinary sciences, animal husbandry, agricultural biology, fruit farming, geology, mineral sciences, and other agricultural related fields. The university is large and set amongst some very nice gardens containing many trees and plants that form part of the university's collection. The tour of the university does vary between visits depending on what's available at the time, but in general it does largely focus on parts of the university visited by the leaders of North Korea during their on-site inspections over the years and concentrates heavily on the university and the buildings itself. It includes the university's museum, um, a visit to one of the specialist study rooms, the greenhouse area and other places of interest in the gardens of the university. Often we kind of get the feedback that people want to hear more and see more about the lives of the students at the university mm -hmm. and stuff like that. This is much more possible at the Grand People's Study House in Pyongyang. Um, rather at this university, it's much more concentrated on um, visiting the university itself and finding out much more about the university. You can also look out for what is officially one of the oldest known pine trees in North Korea, planted in 1890 and officially one of the state's national treasures. Next up is Wonsan train station. Now Wonsan train station is actually really interesting um, and we are back in the center of Wonsan city now. Wonsan train station is pretty easy to access and is usually included in any tour of Wonsan. It is where Kim Il-sung arrived upon his return to Korea at the end of World War II. Therefore, it represents a very important revolutionary site in North Korea. The station has since been reconstructed, uh, dating back to 1975 after it was destroyed during the Korean War in the 1950s. When you first enter the train station, you'll arrive at the old waiting room. Here you can see the old timetable and have an explanation from the local guide. A lot of this stuff is written in Japanese. There is also the old ticket office and a copy of the schedule from 1945. You'll then be taken to the next room, which is home to the old steam train that used to run on the line. This is called the Pashini San. It's a steam locomotive that has been restored to its original condition. The whole thing takes about 
half an hour, I would say, um, and it's generally a really interesting part of the tour and part of visiting Wonsan. Then we have Wonsan Pier and Lighthouse. I definitely saved the best to last here because this is my absolute favourite thing to do in Wonsan and to be honest it's probably one of the most simple. It's not, you know, like a big ski resort, it's not a big fancy, um, it's not, you know, a revolutionary site, it's you know, not a big fancy summer camp, but instead it is a very simple pier and lighthouse. But there are several reasons why I enjoy it the most. Let me tell you first a little bit about the place. So, Yangdok Island and the lighthouse on Wonsan Pier. It's basically a thin rocky pier located right in the center of Wonsan and basically right next to the hotels as well. It's about a 15 minute walk from the city center and depending the, on the hotel you're staying in, um, it's either about a 10 minute walk. The pier and lighthouse were established in 1919 by the Japanese to help guide ships into Wonsan Harbor. Now, it's a popular location for tourists and locals alike. You can walk along the whole causeway to Yangdok Island and the lighthouse, and it will take about 15 minutes to walk down the pier one way. It really is a pretty long pier. That's what's so great about this place. Actually, I've walked along the pier before and never even made it to the lighthouse because we just spend too much time on the way chatting with the locals or just enjoying the view and then in the end it gets too dark and we have to go back and we haven't even made our way to the lighthouse. If you go for an evening walk, then along the pier you will find a lot of people selling uh, the catch of the day, a lot of seafood being on... on, on um, on like little market stands. If you go later on in the evening as well, you may also be able to enjoy a bit of seafood barbecue um, and even have that for your dinner. Again, um, this can be done kind of casually. Um, if you're part of a group tour, you know, you have to kind of have everyone on board or no one on board. It's one of those things where you can stop here for a while if you want to, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably only on the itinerary for half an hour or something like that. So if everyone wants to go, if other people want to go back, then unfortunately you're going to want to go back. If everyone wants to stay for some seafood barbecue, then of course you can do that. It's a very, very cool, casual thing to do in North Korea. Um, it's a very, you know, popular site for dating. You see couples walking along the pier. It's just really nice walking out into the ocean and enjoying the sea breeze. And if you go here in summer or in spring, then it's nice and warm. Um, and then of course you get to the island and it has a nice little lighthouse on it. It's just a really nice place for a walk and something that local North Korean people do. And so you just get a nice feel for the local life. So those are actually all of the main things that you can do in Wonsan. Now I have been mentioning hotels and stuff. Um, now apart from the Mangyongbong 92, which unfortunately we're not able to stay on just yet, there are pretty much two main hotels that you can stay in in Wonsan and I have had the delight of staying in both of them. So let me tell you a little bit about both of them. The first one is the Dongmyeong Hotel. This is a waterfront hotel with really stunning seaside views out into Wonsan Harbour. There are limited hours of hot water, however, um, but the hotel does boast a ping pong, a bar, billiards, barbers, beauty salon, dry sauna, and indoor seawater swimming pool, which is pretty cool. 
It was built in the 1990s and has around 42 rooms and it's kind of on and off going on um, refurbishment for several years now. It's kind of, you know, just your average uh, North Korean hotel to be honest. It's not your super fancy hotel um, like one you'd find in Pyongyang but it's also not maybe as run down as others that you'd find in smaller cities or more rural areas. Um, and for me, the sea view just does it. Like, I love anywhere. I could be in a little hut and staying on the sea and it would still be amazing. So for me, I just really like the fact that it's on the sea. Um, you can make sure to get yourself a back room that looks out onto the sea whilst checking in. You can always just ask, um, hey, can I make sure to have a sea view? Um, and, uh, you know, you'll be able to enjoy a really nice sunrise. Um, you'll be able to see right across the bay towards the Kalma Peninsula um, and the Kalma Resort uh, and you'll be able to see like all of that new area um, and apart from that it actually has a really nice area where you can do an outdoor seafood barbecue around the back um, or just enjoy some some drinks um, in the in the back area overlooking the sea it's um it's really nice to just chill out in I do actually have a, um, a video on my YouTube channel uh, where I did a little vlog of this hotel um, and I show the seafood that you can get and um, and the fun structure of it um, inside. Yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty cool hotel. Have a look at that video if you're interested in some visuals. Next up is the Songdewon Hotel, basically right next door to the Dongmyeong Hotel, so you can still enjoy all of those sea views. Um, it's nice, clean and tidy. Again, uh, just a basic hotel built in the 1970s, um, not super run down, but you know, not one of the most modern. Um, it's really practical to get to the um, pier, as well as the Wonsan Seafood Restaurant. Um, and the art gallery as well. All of the hotel rooms in this hotel have their own balconies, which is nice. It's also pretty retro on the inside since it hasn't had any renovations since it was originally built in the 1970s. The hotel restaurant is what sets this place apart as it is um, a very nice place to have a, uh, a hot stone barbecue and this is probably like no other hot stone barbecue you've ever had because this is not a barbecue where they they make it um to the side on hot stones no they literally give you your own searing hot stone <laughs> do not touch it and place it in front of you and um it's upon there that you can cook your own meat um it's pretty cool actually and uh, everyone really loves that much like other hotels, uh, this route, this hotel also has things like a bar and snack shop and uh, karaoke, sauna, table tennis, that kind of stuff. So those are the two hotels, those are the two places you will stay in Wonsan. Now let's have a look at where to eat in Wonsan. I did just touch on one a little bit when I mentioned the seafood restaurant and that's like one of the most famous places um, in Wonsan to be honest. This restaurant obviously specializes in seafood and it is on all of the itineraries to Wonsan to be honest because it is probably the best or uh, most famous restaurants here. Um, it's on the main road that runs along the seashore, just a short walk from both of the hotels. It's small but has, you know, lots of flavor and amazing food and awesome staff. 
Um, the meals are generally served in the typical Korean way of multiple dishes for sharing amongst the table um, and there's generally rice and soup at the end that come as the last dish. Obviously it specialises in seafood but um, you know it specialises in seafood that is caught um, just in the waters of the Korean seas and uh, you know you're in a seaside town so when in Rome you can expect to see you know fresh crabs, scallops, mackerel, squid um, and other kind of seafood delicacies or other kind of catch of the day. Meals can also include non-seafood options uh, for those who are not so keen on it and it's just the kind of usual Korean thing you know for example fries um, which are some of the best fries in the whole of North Korea actually um, you know, get yourself some fish and chips in North Korea um, and, you know, various little side dishes as well, uh, various vegetables, stuff like that. Fun fact, um, second time I'm mentioning Michael Palin in this episode, uh, maybe I could do like a whole episode on him. Anyway, um, this is actually the restaurant where Michael Palin celebrated his birthday during the making of Michael Palin in North Korea pretty cool. Um, again, if you haven't seen it, do make sure, this is your second reminder, do make sure to um, to head over and, uh, and check out that documentary. This is also um, one of the few restaurants that are available in in Wonsan, to be honest, that tourists can visit. Um, the other two we've kind of already touched upon, um, one would be the Dongmyong Hotel restaurant, and that is um, obviously right in the Dongmyong Hotel, um, even if you're not staying here, you can always go here for some food, obviously seafood as well as your typical side dishes, kimchi, salad, vegetables, stuff like that. Um, you'll probably also be rewarded with some bizarre and unique fish, fish barbecue, um, including one that comes out with a entire whole fish that comes out flaming, like literally set on fire. And yes, you should let the fire go out before you attempt to eat it. The thing you may want to consider in Wonsan in terms of food is the seafood barbecue options in terms of buying your own fresh fish and then taking it back to either your hotel or taking it to the restaurant that you are eating at that evening. Like for example, if you go for an evening walk on the pier and you see people selling fish um, but people don't want to stay there to eat the seafood barbecue, or you're not staying at a place that has its own barbecue place, you're just staying at a place that sells fish, then you can buy some fish, give it to the restaurant staff and they can cook it up for you. So that's pretty much it in terms of food and in terms of what you can do in Wonsan. And so, you know, I did mention that it's not one of those places with tons of stuff to do in. And I think the beauty of Wonsan is just to kind of enjoy the fact that it's, you know, a seaside town, a seaside resort. It's, you know, a slower pace of life than in Pyongyang. It's chill. Um, you know, you can have a bit of beach time. And it's almost nice that there's not tons of stuff to do because you can slow down the pace a little bit, go for a few more walks around and not be so rushed. Um, I really like getting out of Pyongyang for this reason because it's more time to just kind of process and just enjoy life going on around you. Before I ended this episode I wanted to mention about the Wonsan Kalma Resort which is probably the most famous thing going on in in Wonsan, um, probably the reason why Wonsan is so famous and also one of the things that's in the media a lot surrounding North Korea at the moment. Um, and for good reason. It has the ability to change North Korean tourism as we know it. Uh, it's, a, it's a massive resort area and part of it is the International Kalma Airport. 
maybe we could be flying into Wonsan in the future, you know, skipping out Pyongyang and straight into Wonsan. In... Let me give you a bit of an introduction about it. So in 2014, it was announced that a 400 square kilometer region had been designated as part of this new special tourist zone, this Wonsan special tourist zone. Highlights in the area include 10 different beaches, 40 historical relics, and over 600 sites dubbed tourist attractions by locals official, local officials. This, like, really obviously amplifies things a lot from like the five or six tourist sites that I just mentioned and the one beach and stuff like that. As part of the original plan, uh, hotels, a new airport, which I've already mentioned, a golf course and a ski resort, uh, that's the Masakriang Ski Resort, were planned in order to create this tourist-centric region in and around the city. Obviously, a few things that I have already mentioned have been finished. Um, one more includes the spa resort that was finished just at the end of 2019 and 2020, and I can't for the life of me remember what it is right now, which is really frustrating. Um, but nevertheless, when I was on my way back from skiing in um, in Wonsan, I did see the sign for it. Um, it was only open to Korean tourists and... Um, and unfortunately, it's not something that you can visit for now. Anyway, well, at least it was three years ago. Let's see if they open it up to foreign tourists. Um, so some of this construction for the Wonsan Special Tourist Zone is still going. And um, until the start of pandemic, it showed no signs of slowing. You know, it was ongoing. Um, but during the pandemic, I guess, um, tourism became less important and a lot of this construction has slowed down. Originally, sources reported that around 150,000 soldiers and ordinary citizens have been dispatched to the construction site over the years. Um, the finish date originally um, was uh, quite a few years ago and then it was pushed back. Um, it was pushed back from 2019 to 2020, but um, yeah, obviously 2020, we're already at 2023, and it seems like construction has pretty much stopped. Obviously, um, North Korean authorities, like all over the world, shifted their emphasis from tourism to public health, quite rightly so. Um, and so most of the personnel working on um, this, you know, tourist zone uh, were then redeployed to um, to helping build the Pyongyang General Hospital and um, just being kind of all hands on deck for um, for the pandemic really. Uh, at the moment it has a few buildings that remain just as metal frames but exterior construction at the complex is reportedly 90% completed. So let's see, maybe we'll start to hear some positive things about North Korea tourism in general and, um, and construction will start back up again. And uh, maybe on your tour to North Korea, potentially at the end of this year, maybe next year, um, can include North Korea's favourite new holiday destination, Wonsan. And that concludes this um, this episode for today. Thank you so much for listening up to the end. Let me just go over those credentials one more time. If you have any questions, at Zoe Discovers, at Zoe Discovers NK or Zoe Discovers at gmail.com on pretty much all the social media platforms. Do pop by next week when I have a very interesting guest on the show, actually an American who used to live 
in North Korea, and not just him, but actually his whole family, including a, um, a small baby. So an awesome chat I have actually next week um, with, um, with a really great guest. So do make sure to come back for that. And thanks again, as always. Bye-bye.